Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, what a pleasure it is to be back recording. Sorry that we missed last week. Yeah, we really missed you guys, and we're sorry that we're running late, but my big shot husband, as Hollywood J, as they call him now. As, as he is known. He's filming a big shot TV show. That's right. Uh, well. No, seriously, I'm very proud of him, and it's going to be very funny. It's a regular uh, TV show. Not not necessarily anything big or small about it. It's just a regular size television program. I think it's I think it's a big deal. Thanks, we e- are. Either way, we have been very busy and very tired. Yeah, um, it's been like twelve hour days, and then I have and, to come home and single handedly parent a. Oh yeah, uh-huh. that's definitely what you have to do. Some of us, I guess, did like a residency, and we're we're used to that. Like maybe working, I don't know, forty hour days and. You know, 80-hour weeks, 100-hour weeks, whatever. But I understand that, like, the the less, I don't know, tough... Tough is a good word. ...among us, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. That, that it's a little more difficult for it's, you. Is that you know what? But I, the thing is, the thing that's inspiring to me about me is that I haven't let anything fall by the wayside. No, that's true. Every night, Justin, no matter how exhausted he is, when we before we go to climb into bed to finally collapse at the end of a long day in our in our comfortable bed, Justin makes sure to eat a bowl of cereal every night. Well, not every night. No, every night, Justin makes sure that the last thing he does <laughs> before he goes to sleep at night is actually not only eat a bowl of cereal, but watch YouTube videos of old cereal commercials while he is eating a bowl of cereal and then as soon as he is done put it on his nightstand and turn off the light and roll over to fall asleep yes it's a bedtime ritual there's nothing wrong with it well there's one thing wrong with it what do you forget to do come on let's be honest every night some some nights i forget to brush my teeth afterwards is that what you want pretty much every night pretty much every night i forget part of our bedtime ritual is that Justin eats a bowl of cereal every night and then tries to roll over and go to sleep as if I won't notice. That Yeah, she always does. And I tell him to go brush his teeth, and then you know what he usually says? I did. Sometimes (laughs) I do try that. Like, maybe I blacked out. Like, you fell asleep and woke back up. Oh, what happened? (laughs) Brush your teeth, brush your teeth. Sorry, sweetie, I was brushing my teeth. I didn't want to wake you. My point is that I think, although I have taken criticism on this show in the past for being a little... A little, I'm not against going to the dentist. I just avoid maybe avoidant of going to the dentist. Uh, 
I have better dental hygiene than you do. That's, I mean, you can make the argument that my visits to the dentist are the reason I'm able to maintain my freewheeling (laughs) lifestyle of cereal eating and non-toothbrushing yeah you even have like a really fancy toothbrush like an electric toothbrush it's great i feel like i get it all in one i get it all in that morning shot a lot of times i don't need to go back for another trip Uh that's not how that works you also have a water pick yeah that's to get uh, between the teeth instead of flossing because i hate flossing right everybody does yeah i mean i even if you do floss i'm not saying nobody flosses there are people who floss not as many who say they do, but they're out there. But nobody enjoys it. I'm just sitting here realizing this is the first, like, this is the longest conversation we've been able to have all week. And it makes me kind of sad, but it makes me happy because we're having it. And Sawbones has facilitated that. But And you all get to be a part of it. I miss you very If In case we start, like, just talking about other things, like, <laughs> did we forget to pay any bills or whatever? Like, that's because this is our, our one chance to sit down and talk. Also, don't worry, I got diapers. We're why, good. Why did you decide to harp on me about my teeth cleanliness? Because I want to talk about dental hygiene. Okay. I, I want to talk about flossing, but here's the here's the story, guys. There's only so much I can say about flossing. Like it's a you know, it's a little piece of thread that you rub between your teeth. We got that one in one. There's like I mean, a, there's like I mean, you can as you can imagine, the history of that is limited. So let's talk about some aspects of dental hygiene in general. And everybody has been itching to hear our thoughts on not, I mean, not just our thoughts, but everybody's thoughts on like the flossing thing, right? Everybody yeah. knew that like flossing maybe is not necessary. Kinda this whack. has just come out. And so a lot of people have been tweeting and asking like, Hey, what do you talk about flossing? So thank you to Melissa and Ty for sending us emails about this. And to all of you who, who tweeted and uh, Facebooked and everything else. Um, we have been cleaning our teeth for a really long time. Well, I have. Justin, not so much, but... Okay. I think you've gotten in your shots. <laughs> Cuneiform texts dating back to 3000 BCE have descriptions of cleaning your teeth. And we have found, like, ancient toothpicks from Mesopotamia around the same time. Uh, you can also tell, based on, like, skeleton, like, skeletal remains, uh, like, they've seen little notches on teeth to mm. indicate that people have tried to, like, rub things on them or clean oh, them in cool. some way. So we have evidence that people have been, which makes sense. Like, it feels yucky when you're... Yeah, t- especially, like, if it's been a while and you wake up and you have that feeling, oh, I got to get in there. Imagine not doing that Ugh. for, like, days on end, how, like, necessary... Something I, I up there would feel. I can't. The first thing I have to do every morning is brush my teeth. I cannot. I cannot do anything. I won't even talk much until I do, mm-hmm. and uh, it stresses me out to no end to go to sleep with dirty teeth. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Can't handle it. They used to think that teeth worms were the cause of decay. Why would they think that? Because it would, it's not like they saw one because no. they were real. It seems like easy enough to prove. No. I mean, I guess if you have like cavities, you've got holes or something in your teeth. Like some, maybe you begin to think like something's okay, burrowing into in your there. teeth. I get that. Yeah. That kind of thing. That tracks. Um, one of the earliest things that we think we, u- we use, that humans use to clean their teeth was probably horse hair. Mm. They use the hairs from horses for flossing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then also twigs for toothpicks. So just like a a twig with like a frayed end that you could kind of rub against your teeth. Um, and, and they actually called them chew sticks instead of a toothbrush. And it would just be like a twig with, you know, if you chew on like a thin twig and it kind of frays, bristles out on the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would just keep chewing on it to clean between and, you know. That's so interesting. There's like a direct line 
of well, like you can see a direct line of evolution from that to the to the modern toothbrush. Exactly, and these and these we have found evidence of these dating back of like I said thousands of years. Uh, a chew stick, specifically known as a, a miswak, which is used throughout the Arabian Peninsula and North Africa and the Indian subcontinent and Central and Southeast Asia, um, was usually made from a certain tree, Salvadora persica, which is also known as the toothbrush tree mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the chew stick that was made from the from the bark of this tree. Right. Um, the stem, I should say, not the bark, the stem. The stem and the leaves do have properties that may make them somewhat good for cleaning teeth. So there may be a little bit of oh, cool. like, like a reason this was known as specifically the toothbrush tree and not just any old twig. Um, However, there's also a chemical in the leaves and the stem and the bark that maybe, in if you had enough of it ingested, would also kill you. Yikes. Which seems like a risky choice. Like, how bad? Yeah. It's how- not like we're gathering Lorenzo's oil here. You're not <laughs> brushing your teeth. Like, it's a nice Lorenzo's oil pull there. Thanks. Um, it's like, how how bad do you want it? I, of all the stems you could randomly choose to chew. Mm-hmm. I, why that one? Um, the first dentist in ancient Egypt uh, was written about in the Ebers Papyrus. That was Hisi Ray. And so that we, we know there were people whose job it was to take care of teeth that long ago. Wow. Who kind of who kind of designated it like this is I am the person Sydney will spend her life avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> that is my job. Um, and it's also written that the Asclepius, <clears throat> uh, the the god of rod fame yeah rod greek guy. roman god the you know the rod, Asclepius, rod, they rod of Asclepius, yep uh was thought to advocate cleaning your teeth as well i don't know how or why i mean i guess we just said that and so then we then he did advocated it what do you, i don't know how do we know what the god thought how do we know what any of this means oh you're saying how do we know that the god thought you should brush your yeah how do we know Asclepius thought you should clean your teeth I don't know. It's the first time anybody's ever put words in the mouth of a god before. Why would they? Why would they use it to talk about teeth? It's very strange. It was written that Asclepius liked you to clean your teeth. Yeah, it was just his thing. He was just really it was into the fir- clean. It was from the first ever uh, uh, dentist slash prophet. Like I've come down from the mountain mm-hmm. with word from Asclepius. He wants everybody to keep Asclepius. Asclepius. He wants <laughs> Please to clean really your good, teeth. Good care your teeth. He's like that judge from Ally McBeal. A reference everyone loves. Oh, I from the me spending time away, more time away. There's a direct line between <laughs> time Justin spends away versus how many episodes of Ally McBeal Sydney watches in shame. Again, I watched it the first time. Again, it's not a first okay, time. Rewatches then. Uh, Aristotle definitely thought that teeth mattered. He advocated cleaning them. He also wrote that men have more teeth than women. Okay, just a weird like footnote also we have more ladies deal with it that's not true right no i don't know why he thought that like it that seems like a pretty easy one to check your math on you just count yeah um hippocrates advised cleaning your teeth with powder uh like taking a powder like a rough powder and rubbing it against your teeth he also described different ways to pull teeth so that we knew that far back that if a tooth is has gone rogue that sometimes there's nothing left to do but remove it. And so he described different methods of like pulling them out with forceps or if you have a loose one that you don't want to get rid of that you can kind of stabilize it with a wire. Yeah. Like an early kind of 
braces sort of thing. Yeah. Um, ancient toothpaste. Uh, like I mentioned, they were usually powders, and they're usually made of powdered ox hooves or ashes or maybe burnt eggshells. Um, pumice was a popular choice, crushed bone, oyster shells. This, I mean, basically anything that would be kind of abrasive. I hear a lot of like spearmint and fluoride in there. No, kind just of, no, kind of grody. No, and I, I would think that you would be really discouraged from using toothpaste after one run of like. Here's some burnt eggshells that I would like you to rub on your teeth. Yeah, I don't, I think I'd rather just keep the dirty teeth thing. Uh, Romans did start to add flavor to some of these toothpaste. So I don't know if mint in particular, but they did add some sort of flavorful compound sometimes so that it oh. wouldn't taste so gross. Because I, again, never ate uh, burnt eggshells or ox hooves, but I bet they're not tasty. Um, but they also use charcoal and bark. And then eventually we started to see things like ginseng and mint and salt added. So not so bad. I feel like I've had salty toothpaste before, but I don't mm. remember when. There are salty toothpaste out there. There are I salty feel. toothpaste, right? Is it, you know what it is? It's the ones that have like baking soda. A lot of baking they, soda ones can like, be kind of like salty. Like a salty vibe. Uh, Celsus. So as long ago as Celsus wrote about fixing fractured jaws. So we already had descriptions of like, uh, you know, those kind of more advanced or maxillofacial surgery, surgical kind of procedures. And uh, gold crowns date back to the Etruscans. It's a long time that, we, that we've a, been kept our teeth in gold. That's too, because that seems like kind of a tricky one. Mm-hmm. You just take a piece of gold and slap it on there. I figure that's how dentists do it, I bet. Yeah, you just... You have no idea. I should uh, I should have prefaced with yeah, this. Yeah, it's probably a good disclaimer now. Yeah, doctors late, but... don't know much about teeth. Um, your doctor might not want to admit that to you, but it's the truth. We don't learn a ton because, like, dentists have it. They got it covered. Yeah. Go to a dentist about your teeth. If it's infected, I can help you out. But most other things, I'm going to tell you, you need to see a dentist. Uh, Abulcasis wrote about how tartar was formed. Um, and, wrote, and, and not only that, he created a set of 14 different scrapers for your teeth. 14 different types of scraper to use on your teeth to remove tartar. It's pretty impressive. That seems Although a little it excessive. Is, it's a little troubling. Mind. Like he'd made the like thirteen inadequate ones. Like he's like, oh, I gotta try again. No, like different kinds to use for different like angles and oh, sides. Oh, so this was and... like prototypes that he was churning through. No, like... no, like here are fourteen scrapers. I don't think now, Justin, you're. I'm gonna have to go to Justin on this one. I haven't been to a dentist in a really long time. Do they have fourteen different tools they use to scrape your teeth? No, they just had the one. Okay. And much more sophisticated dentistry, I guess. They used to <laughs> tell me when I was a kid that they were counting my teeth. That's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Then I bought it, but that's like doesn't make sense. You could just look. It's you really... don't you don't fall for that now. You're a big boy. No, I say, oh, do you mean scrape them? Nice try. <laughs> I know now. I'm an adult. Uh, as far back as the 1200s, uh, barber surgeons were doing surgery. We've talked a lot about barber surgeons before. Of course, there was a long time in, in history when it was um, it was improper for a physician to cut into the human body or do any kind of surgical procedure, basically. We just kind of sat there and looked at humans and talked about them a lot, but didn't really do things to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, barber surgeons would have been the ones to actually pull a tooth if they if they needed to be removed, um, especially lay barbers. So there were some barber surgeons who were a little more sophisticated, could do some uh, more uh, advanced procedures. But a lay barber is somebody who would like pull your teeth, bleed you, put a leech on you, maybe do some cupping, 
I'm assuming also cut your hair, give you a shave. Yeah, well, and hope, as long as you're there. I fi- I'm a lay barber. I figure they can do that too. And then, of course, we've talked a lot on the show about like the history of teeth pulling. I won't get into that too much, but teeth pulling, you know, barber surgeons did it, lay barbers did it, but it became quite a show after a while. Like mm-hmm. people, it was a spectacle. People like to see teeth being pulled. What's so, going on back then? As it spread throughout Europe, a, a lot of the times you could go see like a medicine show or, or, or just watch a traveling barber surgeon pull teeth out in front of a crowd, like to see how fast yeah. they could do it. No anesthesia. You want them to do it fast. Um, in 1498 in China, a toothbrush was invented. That is when we finally get the toothbrush. Wow. Kind of replaces it. Yeah. And it kind of replaces the chew stick. Uh, the, the original toothbrushes were made with a handle of either bone or bamboo. Let's hope not human bone, probably an animal. Uh, and then the bristles were the stiff hairs off the back of a hog's neck. Oh, okay. Ew. No, I mean, makes sense. Ew. They specifically liked the, the hogs from northern China and Siberia because it was so cold there, they grew really coarse hairs. Now you know that fact about hogs. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like all the disciplines I'm learning something about today. I think the next time you're at a dinner party, you could make a lot of friends and become very popular if you say, hey, you know, the hogs up in northern China and Siberia, they grow some really coarse hairs on the back of their neck because it's so cold. If you need a toothbrush and a fix. There you go. Make friends. Uh, It took a while for this to get to Europe. In Europe, they were still using, at this point, uh, rags with, like, salt or soot. Again, something kind of abrasive on them and rubbing those on their teeth, which that probably looked great to rub a rag with soot on it. Yeah, like, did I guess word didn't get around that, like, the Chinese (laughs) had had kind of cracked this bad boy wide open. Yeah. How yeah, there, there's a better way to do this. Uh, strangely, the the legend of how it got to Europe, of how the toothbrush eventually arrived, um, comes from a rag merchant. So you'd think somebody who probably wouldn't want you to know about the toothbrush, somebody who sold rags, if those were the toothbrush of choice at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Addis, then uh, this, is, this is the legend, in 1780 was supposedly thrown in jail for starting a riot. So he caused some sort of ruckus. He was thrown in jail. And while in there, his mouth was getting really yucky after a while, sitting and, and, you know, spending time in a jail cell. Sure. Uh, He did not have access to his rags, I suppose. And so he started to get inventive. He found some bone. He's in a jail cell, so you figure that out. Oh, yeah. He found some bone. Maybe a passing rat had died and he was a very patient man. Uh, he he found some bristles, uh, either broom bristles, because he was actually inspired by a broom he saw to do this, or uh, it may have been a kind guard that passed him some hog hair bristles. Either way, he put them together, and voila, the toothbrush arrives in Europe. When he That's got out of weird, jail... That's weird, though, because it didn't really... I mean... You have to imagine that this story is somewhat apocryphal and that he was really inspired by the toothbrushes that... I mean, I, I mean, mean, all all these things eventually would have spread from China. If he wasn't like big ups to China for keeping the toothbrush a secret for <laughs> two hundred and eighty years, like they anybody who's who look vaguely European, they're like, hide the toothbrushes. <laughs> There's a European coming around. We can't let the secret get out. We got one hundred thirty more years to churn through, Darlene. Hide them. It is perfectly possible that this, that the inspiration for dental hygiene, the toothbrush, yeah, that they, he came upon it 
all on his own. It's possible. I would say that somebody whispered something to somebody at some point. For 280 years. For- eventually they were like, fine, okay, yes, I'll Here's what we use. This is why our teeth look so much better than yours. He began selling them when he got out of jail. Uh, and you see this kind of rise as sugar becomes more popular. Mm-hmm. So, so too does the toothbrush. Um, and as the design spread throughout Europe, you saw the, the boar... Like or the hog bristles begin to be replaced with um, things like horse hairs or even feathers sometimes, just because they liked the softer feel. Mm. What was the uh, what's the next step of toothbrush evolution? Well, Justin, I'm going to tell you about that, but first, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Well, 
Sydney, we finally made it to the, uh, I guess, 1700s, thereabouts. And uh, what, what was the next step in, in toothbrush engineering? Well, Justin, I know people are wondering, when are we going to start talking about flossing? We're getting there. We're getting there. We had yeah, to have a toothbrush the, all, all you floss heads out all there you are floss like, heads. just drop it. Drop Come on. that good, good floss knowledge. Get to floss. Uh, first of all, in 1728, Pierre Fouchard, who is also known as the father of modern dentistry... So you can trust him. Mm -hmm. Wrote the surgical dentist. Uh, He actually told people not to brush and instead recommended cleaning your teeth with a toothpick or a a sponge soaked in water and brandy, which does sound like more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Better than brushing your teeth. I brush my teeth every night. But you do see a highlighted importance of Mm -hmm. cleaning between your teeth at this point. Sure, right. You know, a toothpick will do that for you. Did you know that Paul Revere was a dentist? Yes, I did know that, actually. Well... Now you've ruined that. I think they mentioned it in Fallout 4, so. Oh, obviously. Yeah. That's a video game. And it's set in Boston, so. Okay. We saw the the church where it did the last ride. He didn't ride through the church. That would have been <laughs> very rude. But I know the church was involved somehow. <laughs> the church where, where he probably did some dentistry, is that what you're saying? Where he did the one of by land, two by sea, yes, all that good we, stuff. Yeah, Same, we did see yeah. that, honey. Remember that? Good story. Yeah, it's not great. It's not one of my best anecdotes, but... <laughs> we saw the church where he did some stuff, Paul Revere, Boston. Yeah, we saw Cheers, real Cheers. Okay, back to teeth and not Boston. We love Boston, but that's not what the show's about right now. Uh, Paul Revere was actually the first one to use dental forensics. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know that. Okay. okay that mm-hmm. one. That yes. one. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. All the- yeah. well, mm-hmm. Tell me all about Paul Revere, please, Justin, and the church where he did the last ride thing that um, you said. <laughs> I think, uh, didn't he do Louie Louie? Was that Paul Revere and the, and the Raiders? Was that them? Anyway, he identified a fallen friend on the battlefield by seeing a bridge that he knew he made for him in his mouth. He was able to use that bridge to to identify that this is who this is. Oh, that's interesting. So that was the first time that we recorded using dental forensics, huh. which is interesting. Because we commonly know that that's a thing we can do now, identify people after death by their teeth. Right. Um, floss. Let's talk about floss. Finally. Floss is introduced in 1819. So not that long ago, really, no, in the 19. sawbone scale of, yeah. of time. Uh, by Levi Spear Parmley. Uh, initially what he advised, what floss was, was a waxed silk thread to clean between your teeth. It's a fancy piece of floss. Yeah, expensive too, I bet. Yeah, waxed silk. Um, after this was introduced, the American Journal of Dental Science advised flossing two to three times a day. Um, that's a lot of flossing. That seems excessive. One, it seems like they're trying to juice old Levi... Spear Parmalee's pocketbook a little bit. Like maybe he lobbied them for that. And I, I, that seems like very prohibitive too. I, I think a lot of this too, you could not have just obtained easily on your own. Uh, you may have had to actually purchase from like a dental provider, someone who would actually take care of your teeth. Yeah. Because well, it's it a, a very like specialized product, waxed silk. Seems like something you could just make, right? You dip the silk in wax, you're done. Yeah, just go get some silk and then some wax and melt it and... Uh yeah, I guess. I mean, like silk's harder. I make a lot of it. Everybody could do like you don't want to share it. No, that's true. Well, although back we, then they probably we would could have only shared afford it. one piece of floss. We've been using it since June for all of us. 
Ugh. That would not be advised by anyone in any health profession. I have to, well, at least not now. Back then they wouldn't have known better probably. Right. Um, and, fl- and floss at this point kind of becomes part of routine dental care like it just starts to be recommended people knew to brush they knew to use toothpaste and also by the way there's floss Mm -hmm. um and and we now see like in the late 1800s the evolution of, of dentistry uh, with in 1875, the first dental college with a university is started. In 1882, we figure out that tooth decay is a result of microbes, so we start to understand the process a little bit more. Um, in 1880s, we uh, see toothpaste uh, more as we know it is finally invented. Up until then, toothpaste was usually like a liquid or a powder, and it had things like chalk and soap and charcoal in it. Uh, in the 1880s, we see like toothpaste in a tube. Mm, that's, medium. That's when that's when that's finally introduced. Uh, and then, a- as we go into the 1900s, Boy, I have to fit. You got to feel for whoever invented that, because without specialized tools to do so, the first person to try to put toothpaste in a tube must have looked like quite the buffoon. I would imagine. <laughs> I'll be I'll be at dinner. I said I would be at dinner when I'm done. You've been at it for three hours. I said. I'm inventing. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, he changed the world. Yeah, I guess. So all worth it. Yeah. So I guess don't give him such a hard time is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. I'll take it easy on him. Do you think that he would lament the way that we use toothbrush, toothpaste in a tube now? Because um, we don't squeeze talk- from the bottom the way you are supposed to. I, I, you know what? I don't squeeze from the bottom until I think you don't really need to do that until things get dire. Oh, when things okay. get dire, then I'll I'll try that because I find it very satisfying. But I hate squeezing from the bottom initially. I bet it wouldn't get so dire if you squeeze from the bottom from the beginning. Mm, I mean, maybe that's arguable. Anyway, in the 1900s, we see dentists actually getting more involved with the prevention of tooth decay. You know, up until then dentistry was a lot more about like they made recommendations with things like cleaning your teeth but it was really much more about fixing the problems after they occurred right well, sure what there's, do no, we... there's no money in prevention <laughs> I, as a family practice doctor i take great exception to that that's fine you know how dentists uh, are though all also, they care about is money <laughs> exactly also to be fair you're right there is no money in what i do but it's a noble cause. That's fine. But like not dentists. Dentists are only in it for the money. Right. All that, all that sweet, all that, all tooth that money. sweet tooth money uh, from the tooth fairy. You think it's a that, racket, right? They're in think, it together. Yeah. They're a team. They're working collaboratively. The tooth fairies work for, there are multiple tooth fairies. They work for the dentist. Mm-hmm. The you can mayor, employ the king dentist, the chief dentist. They, you, the tooth fairies work for him. You can employ tooth fairies. It depends. You can have more tooth fairies depending on how much area you cover, like how much power you have. Yeah, that's you can conquer other dentists, rival dentists. It's like risk. It's like risk <laughs> meets nonsense. You get more tooth fairies at your disposal. Right. You, you, to collect teeth for you that you sell for money? I'm confused as to where the money comes. You, you conquer Kamchatka and you get three <laughs> new tooth fairies for every round. Anyway, in the 1900s, Dennis said, you know what? Instead of just yanking out bad teeth and trying to figure out how to fix cavities, why don't we try to start getting people to take better care of their teeth so that they don't get tooth decay in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Um, 1938 is a big move forward for the toothbrush. Dr. West's Miracle Toothbrush is the first one sold with nylon bristles that replaced the boar bristles that were still often being used. So that makes them a lot easier to obtain. Absolutely. That really spread the use of the toothbrush because then everybody could buy one all of a sudden. It was a lot easier to make, a lot easier to buy. Um, And also, you didn't have to put 
pig hairs in your mouth. True. Um, soldiers returning from World War II did a huge, uh, did a huge good for dental hygiene in this country. How so? Uh, they had really good dental hygiene overseas. They just uh, that was part of the military, part of their practice yeah, was you good don't dental want hygiene. To be brought down by. But that kind of thing we're out there. And, and they may not have had those habits before they went, but when they came back, they brought them back with them, and that spread better dental hygiene also throughout the country. The military making standard issue, making sure everybody has the stuff they need to do that. Exactly. Give everybody a toothbrush. Sure. Um, and that's, this is also, World War II is also related to the spread of floss. So up until this point, we see that, you know, waxed silk is still the mainstay of floss. Well, during World War II, there were silk shortages. Mm-hmm. So we had to, I mean, this, this seemed like a silly way to use silk, right? To clean between, between your teeth. Well, sure. Dr. Charles Bass decided we need something different. We've got these nylon toothbrushes. What about some nylon floss? Okay. So then we see nylon floss comes out and that becomes the new standard. And at this point, everybody has access to floss. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot easier to buy. Um, it's in all the stores and you can go buy a, you know, yards and yards of floss at your disposal. They're like yards and yards, right? There's like a lot of floss in there. It seems like a lot of floss in there. I've never thrown away a container, to my knowledge. <laughs> I just use it or sort of get tired of floss or I'll t- find floss and think, like, I don't remember buying this. And you got to throw it away. So you, you think, like, oh, this seems too old. I just have trouble with, like, lengths, feet, yards. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, in the 1960s, electric toothbrushes hit the market, which Justin is a big fan of. Yeah. He's getting our daughter hooked on electric toothbrushes. I was very proud of myself. The current toothbrush we have will pair to your phone via Bluetooth and keep track of your brushing habits. And that sounds like tailor-made for me. And I actually have not used the functionality yet. I felt very proud of myself. I'm proud of you, too, because that's just a step too far, I think. Yeah. It's just, I mean... Plus, I didn't need the guilt. You need the bristles and the handle. I'm already feeling bad about Couch to 5K and my (laughs) fitness pal. I don't need, like, a toothbrushing app giving me crap, too. Uh, it, uh, one, one step forward for dental hygienists that I just had to mention was that in 1971, they were allowed to wear pants so that they could sit down while they were working. Wow. What a big plus. Which seems like a shame on us for not just making that the standard from the beginning. Yeah. Just as, I mean, and this, uh, to be fair, this went along with the same, I mean, it, it had to do with like dress codes for genders at the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of women were dental hygienists and they were expected to wear skirts. That's ludicrous. I, yes, it is all ludicrous. So, so thank goodness in 1971 we got a little less, a little less ludicrous. Uh, in 2003, the toothbrush was voted the number one invention Americans can't live without. So why? Okay, I, unless you're Justin. Congratulations for your toothbrush. So why is it that people are saying like I don't need a floss now? Okay, so up until recently, your recommendations for dental hygiene, you know, a dentist would tell you that you need to blush. Brush and floss your teeth regularly, right? right? Like we hear that all the time. That dates back to elementary school. They're telling you to brush and floss your teeth regularly. We hear that on the candy review videos that Charlie likes to watch on YouTube. That's true. The that... baby teeth four videos always <laughs> end with and brush and floss your teeth regularly. Exactly. Uh, this year, flossing was very quietly dropped from the recommendations from the dietary guidelines for Americans that are published every five years that have always historically included the recommendation to, you know, brush and floss your teeth regularly. Um, There was no fanfare initially. They didn't announce that they were going to. There was no suggestion that this was going to happen. It wasn't highlighted. It was just absent. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to pull something. And its absence has obviously made a lot of noise. This was based on the fact 
that the evidence for flossing is actually very limited. Hmm. So what they do when they're when they're trying to figure out if something is actually beneficial, they can take a lot of different studies of it and do something called a meta-analysis, meaning they were going to take all of these studies and put them together and kind of come up with a consensus from them. Okay? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. So they took a bunch of different studies on flossing, and they couldn't find evidence based on putting all these studies together that flossing conclusively prevents tooth decay. Uh, they did initially, a few years ago, they did a meta-analysis and suggested that maybe it decreases uh, inflammation of the gums somewhat, mm-hmm. but it was very difficult to tell if that was any different from just toothbrushing alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, by the way, that was the meta-analysis they did uh, this year. The most recent set were 25 studies that compared brushing to brushing and flossing, uh, and the data was weak at best. So wow. the guidelines from... Um, the Dietary Guidelines for America, the, the basis for those has to be evidence. They have to have evidence that says these things we're telling you to do, we have done the studies, and they prove that they're good. Right. So what they basically said was, listen, we don't have the evidence. We can't keep making this recommendation. That doesn't mean that it's not possible that flossing does help. It just means that so far... We need. We, need we haven't a, proven it. A closer look. Now, the American Dental Association and the American Academy of Periodontology um, for specialists in gum disease and implants have both said, "Listen, there are plenty of studies out there that maybe they weren't in this meta-analysis, but they do show that flossing prevents the buildup of plaque. It prevents gum inflammation. It prevents gingivitis, and yes, it does prevent tooth decay." So, like I said, the American Dental Association took great exception to this and said, "No, no, no, no. This is not. This is not right. There is enough evidence out there, but as of now, the 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 big conclusion is that we cannot tell you that flossing can really prevent tooth decay." So, what should I do? I would say keep brushing and flossing because the thing is, it's not going to hurt. And someday we may do enough studies. We may do the big, uh, the, the big strong study that will show that flossing does help. Um, and even if it doesn't, I mean, it's gross to have food between your teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But like, even if they did, I don't know the way science works, but like, it seems to me that if they haven't find conclusive proof that it helps, even if it does help, that it can't be that much, right? Well, yes. Yeah. All right. Here's what I would do with this information. If you are someone who flosses, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. If you are someone who occasionally flosses, I would just keep occasionally flossing when you remember to. it's worked for you so far. If you're someone who adamantly doesn't floss and was never going to floss and just needed something to argue with your friends that you were right and they were wrong, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Folks, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you've had fun. Uh, we got a lot more for you at sawboneshow.com um, or search for us on iTunes, leave us your review or rating and recommend the show to some, some other folks. Uh, that's the only way that we sort of have to uh, spread the word about it. So we're so appreciative whenever you, you um, get a chance to do that. We have a P.O. Box. It's P.O. Box 54, Huntington, West Virginia, 25706. I want to say a few quick thank yous to some stuff that uh, folks have sent uh, thanks to Corey for the Civil War book thanks to Andy for the romance novel Sarah for her Caduceus uh, book it, that's a beautiful piece uh, Sarah runs a shop called Measure Twice Fold Once 
and uh, she has carved, I guess, folded, like or folded cut and cut folded a design a, into yeah, the spine, a caducus into the book. Like, not in the spine. No, not the, the spine, other. like the pages, the edge of the pages. And she hasn't actually damaged the text, so it's not like dis- disrespectful. But No, it's gorgeous, though, and it's, it's a Se- nice centerpiece on our bookshelf. Seek it out. Brian sent us the book he wrote. Um, we got a, a wonderful letter from Peter Finch, so thank you for that. A card from John. Got postcards from Kevin, Megan, and Nick. Alyssa sent us some beautiful Pokemon drawings, and Allison sent us some Adagio tees. So thank you to everybody uh, who who did that, and we we sure appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who was at Max Fun Con East, who was so nice to us, um, uh, and to the young lady who had sent us the uh, the book that mentioned it to me. Thank you again for sending that. Um, and um, thanks to everybody. This has been uh, a lot of fun, and we we love you very much. Sorry we missed last week. That was uh, well, we will try our best. Yeah. not to do it again. So hang in there with us. Uh, but uh, until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, are you a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, that's weird because it's a corny show. But my friends Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica do a lovely podcast about it. It's called The Greatest Generation and it's on MaximumFun.org. I thought that this podcast was a bad idea, but I was wrong. Please listen to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org.